the past several months, actually, I've been uh, I've been preaching about the need for us to remember what Jesus said. And we started out talking about the very core of what Jesus said, which had to do with the kingdom of God. And then we got down to the details. And every week we've been looking at some of the things that Jesus said. Well, today we're going to take a slight detour. and uh, But we're still going to speak about something that relates to the need to remember uh, Near the front of my Bible many years ago, I jotted down a little poem for my own sake. It says, Always always remember to forget the troubles that passed your way, but never forget to remember the blessings that come each day. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've often needed that little poem because I am tempted to focus on the problems instead of the blessings. And, you know, it's so easy for us to forget about all of the blessings that we've received and, uh, you know, and uh, remember all of the burdens that we that we carry. Uh, Our problem is we do just the opposite of what we ought to do. We forget to remember. We fail to remember things that never should be forgotten. Uh, I know I've told the story uh, several different times, but uh, maybe it's my favorite story in this regards because I always think back to when I was a boy, and especially when it come time to go to to the country, you know. I lived in small-town America. Bev and I was both raised in Springfield, Missouri, a town back then of about 50,000 people, much larger than that now. But I can remember going to uh, to my great-grandma's house in Ash Grove, Missouri, or visiting the relatives in Walnut Grove, Missouri. And uh, so, you know, back then, 20 miles, that was, uh, uh, that was, my, that was like taking a, that was like, like taking a tour. I mean, that was a big trip back then. And so we'd go to the country, and I always enjoyed that, and uh, especially I enjoyed it when I got to meet some of the, well, what I would call the old-timers, you know, that I hadn't seen very much, and, well, I'd sit and listen. Well, this particular story has to do with a fellow that was out in the country visiting some of his relatives, and uh, uh, the old fellow that owned the farm there, uh, you know, they were sitting outside together and, and probably talking about the weather. Isn't it amazing that wherever you go and whoever you talk to, some way or another, it always gets back to the weather. And maybe it's because we forget about all the other things that there are to talk about. And so they're sitting there talking, and uh, the, 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 the dog uh, on command or at a particular time of the day or whatever, the dog went out and rounded up all of the cattle got all of those cattle, brought them up, herded them right up into the corral, and then the dog, after they got in, he pushed the gate shut and took his paw and latched the gate. And the visiting relative said, man, that is some some dog. said, what's his name? And the old man sat there for a minute and kept trying to think, and he said, um, What's that flyer? It's a, that red flyer, and it smells good, but it, it's got thorns uh, on it. And he said, you mean a rose? He said, yeah. And he turned over and hollered at his wife across the yard and said, hey, Rose, what do we call that dog? 
You know, sometimes the problem, the problem is worse than we imagine. I can well imagine the conversation afterwards, you know, whenever the visitors had gone. But here was an old man that couldn't even remember the name of his wife. Well, a lot of times we forget things that are really important. Tomorrow, as you know, is Memorial Day. All across our nation, people will be thinking about the loved ones that have died and the floodgates of memories will be wide open. Tears will flow freely. And I've often said, and I really believe, that Memorial Day just might be the most beneficial of all of our holidays. Now, you need to really think that one through. Because somebody's thinking already about Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and what have you. And, and certainly those are all great holidays. But the most beneficial might be Memorial Day. And I say that for a very good reason. Because even though it's not necessarily the most enjoyable, it forces us to think about life, death, and eternity. And it slaps us in the face. There it is. Like it or not, this is reality. And we need that. Because so many times we get ourselves all wrapped up in the things of this world and get so involved in stuff that we forget about the importance of life and the reality of death and eternity. Sir Robert Moore said the world doesn't need so much to be informed as it needs to be reminded. And I think there's a lot of truth to that because I think all of us would agree we already know more than what we're willing to do. Even when it comes to the Bible. And you know, Peter's talked about that. He said, hey, I wrote these things to put you in remembrance uh, these, these are things you already know. These are things you've already learned. You already have this information in the file cabinet of your mind. You're just not thinking about it. You're not putting it into practice. And so he says, I'm going to remind you. By the way, this, is, this matter of remembering is no small matter. Did you know God is big on memorials? The Bible's full of examples. We go all the way back to, to the Passover. I mean, that was crucial for the children of Israel to observe the Passover exactly as God prescribed. There was the laying up of the manna. There were the stones on the ephod, the fringes on the garment, the twelve stones from Jordan that was taken out to be a memorial uh, and a reminder to the coming generation. Joshua was stoned of memorial. And then, of course, we come to the New Testament and we find the Lord's Supper. All of these have to do with our responsibility to remember. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter number 10. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 7. It's where we find my text for the morning. It says, the memory of the just. Let me stop there for just a moment. The memory of the just. I'm so glad that I can remember some of those people, aren't you? Those that were just. In other words, those who live for the right thing, those that did the right thing, those that set a good example. And all of us, no doubt, can think of someone 
that was a dedicated Christian, someone that loved the Lord, and someone that was a blessing to others. And he says, the memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. The famous preacher Matthew Henry, whose commentary is so well known by so many people, he says that this speaks about, quote now, the dignity of the saints that they are remembered with respect when they are dead, and the duty of the survivors. The dignity of the saints, the duty of the survivors. In other words, our responsibility to remember them. And by the way, the Jews took this here to be a precept obligating us to do that. In other words, whenever he says here, that the memory of the just is blessed. He's not making a statement that just regards the way we're going to feel about them when they're dead and gone. But the Jews taught that this was an obligation on our part to do that. And sometimes we forget that. We forget about the responsibility to remember. Psalms 112 and verse number 6 says, The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance they they shall be that that is emphatic god expects us to hold them in everlasting remembrance they should not be forgotten some people get all upset because sometimes a church will dedicate a building to a certain person or whatever i don't see anything necessarily wrong with that at all I'm sorry if that offends you, but I'm telling you what, there are some folks that have made such contributions and, and, and have been so dedicated and done things, they need to be remembered. The Bible tells us, if you don't believe that, you need to study Hebrews chapter number 11. Isn't that what that's all about? It's God's hall of faith. It's God's way of showing us, don't you dare forget these people. Don't you dare forget the fact that they lived by faith. Now, considering all of this so far, it ought to be easy for us to to realize that we have a responsibility to remember those that have contributed to our welfare. Memorial Day ought to mean more to us than a three-day weekend. It ought, to, it, it ought to be a time of us reflecting back on those that have given their very lives for our freedom. But it should not just involve them. Now, originally, it was started for that purpose. By the time I was a boy, we called it Decoration Day. Mom would make the crepe paper flyers. We'd go out to the cemetery, you know, and, and she'd put those flyers on all... all all of those graves, that, you know, that was a, a way of showing respect and honoring those that have gone before. But it goes beyond that. And I want to talk to you this morning about our responsibility to remember in regards to three things. Number one, those who have left. In other words, those who have died. They've already left. They've been here. They've made their contribution. They've left. And we need to remember them And there are at least three good reasons why we need to do so. Number one, we need to be thankful for their endeavors. Their sacrifice ought to inspire us. 
We think about all of the privileges that we enjoy, all the blessings that we, uh, that we have. And we need to remember, none of us, none of us earn those things for ourselves. All of those blessings have been bestowed upon us by the sacrifice of others, purchased for us by their blood, sweat, and tears. They gave their lives to secure these things for us, and we should be forever Thankful. Those who have left, be thankful for their endeavors, be taught by their example. In other words, their service ought to instruct us. I think it would be a terrible thing to look back and to think about the sacrifice that others have made and clap our hands and say, Oh, that's wonderful. We're so grateful they did that for us. And then for us to turn around and not do that for somebody else. In, in other words, we need to be instructed by what they did. They have set an example for us. They've given us a lesson as to what it means to have real conviction, to have compassion, courage, commitment. And if we're wise, we'll learn from their example. We think back over the years to... A lot of our church members that have left, they're gone. They were here, they made their contribution, but they have left. But thank God, whenever they buried the body, they didn't bury the influence of that person. Like an invisible hand reaching up from the grave, that influence continues on and on. There's Sonny there this morning. Sonny has no idea... What a blessing he is to me to see him here every week. I've got to tell you, we, we, we all remember Linda, of course, and when we think about how dedicated she was, how much she loved this church, and I wondered and I thought to myself, it will, is Sonny going to keep coming? Linda is past. Linda is in heaven now. What's Sonny going to do? And every week there he sits. Boy, I tell you what, she left an example that's worthy to be followed. And all of us need to think about those that have gone before, those that have left, and we ought to be taught by their example, thankful for their endeavor. We ought to be transformed by their effort. In other words, their spirit ought to incite us. It ought to move us to action, not only to see what we need to do by their example, but to be excited enough that we're willing to do it. Uh, we think about all of these different people that, that have left, that mean so much to us. What was it about them that, that caused their memory to linger in your mind? What was it that made them so special to you? I'll tell you exactly what it was. They cared about people. They cared about their family. They cared about others. They cared about the church. They were willing to serve. That ought to have a transforming effect on the way that we live. In other words, it ought to change our life. This Memorial Day, as you look back and you think about those that have left, you need to keep in mind that there is a lesson to be learned in the life that they live. Blessed is the memory of those that are just those that lived as they should live, those that had a right relationship with God, those who ministered to others. Let's learn from their example. 
It's one thing to go out there and put flowers on a grave in the cemetery. I'm not criticizing that. Have at it. That's wonderful. But I want to tell you, if that's all we do, if that's the only effect that their life has on us, it just is pretty meaningless when you get right down to it. Their example ought to inspire us and instruct us, motivate us to live as they live. We need to think about those that have left. But listen, we need to think about those who are left. Because for everyone that has left, there is somebody who is left. I've often said if we live long enough, someday we'll have more friends in heaven than we do here on earth. I think that's true. I think back over the years and think about all of the loved ones that have died, and well, that number just keeps growing and growing and growing. Isn't it? I think it's sad that sometimes, you know, that we don't remember some people until after they die. We'll wait till they're dead and they're gone, and then all of a sudden, you know, we make a big deal about how much we missed them. Are you with me? I want you to think about that because some of you have got some of you have got family and friends that need your love, need your attention and what have you. And you're holding them at arm's length and that you, you maybe you don't want anything to do with them. You you don't go see them, you don't call them, you don't you just don't have any contact with them whatsoever. Now, if it's the guy down the street and all I know is his name and address, I don't really care. I kind of enjoy privacy. I don't care if he ever knocks on my door and says, how are you doing today? But I kind of like to hear that from my kids. Amen? I mean, whenever it involves people that you know and the people that you love, you you want that kind of contact and there's so many times we wait till they're dead and gone and they show up for the funeral and the yard sale or reading of the will I love the story of a woman with the name of Phoebe Johnson somewhere up in Minnesota told the story a true story about her and her little girl and five year old little girl and they often walked through an old cemetery going to the local playground so every time mama would take the little girl at the playground, they take that shortcut through the cemetery. And one day, as they was walking through there, the little girl uh, said uh, to the mother, she saw this man over there, and he was pushing this little rod that had a wreath on it uh, into the ground. And she said, why did that man put that wreath there? And, and the mother said, well, he, he wanted to remember the person who died. And the little girl responded, said, will somebody do that for me? And the mother said, well, I'm sure they will. And there was a silence for just a little while. The girl didn't have anything to say. And finally she said, that's not fair. It's not fair. And I said, what do you mean it's not fair? She said, all I'll see is the stick. Out of the mouth of babes. Amen. Those dead folks can't smell any flowers. 
All I'll see is the stick. Oh, how much better it is if we, uh, if we demonstrate our love for them while they're living. We're all surrounded by people that need to know that we care. Do you know every week there are people in churches across America that, uh, that leave the church service discouraged or some come to the conclusion that uh, I'm, I'm going to look for another church? And probably the number one reason is not some doctrinal issue. It's not that the preacher got up there and denied the Bible. It's not that the preacher is living in some kind of immorality. Most of the time, it's because they get the feeling that nobody, nobody cares about me. Hardly anybody shook my hand. Nobody ever speaks to me. Nobody ever invites me out for lunch. Nobody ever does anything to you know, show any evidence that they really care about me. And I'll guarantee you right now in this service right here, there are folks that feel that way. You can deny it all you want, but I'm telling you, I think we got the friendliest church in the town. But that, listen, we might be the friendliest church in town, but people are not looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends. They're looking for people they can make a connection with. There are people that are going through difficulties, the people that are struggling with problems, and, and they need to know somebody cares. We need to remember not only those that have left, but those that are left behind. I was talking to Tim earlier, Tim Linton. I've got to tell you, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in his shoes. I'm so thankful I have my lovely wife right here in this service this morning. She's with me every day. I still have her. I can't imagine what it would be like to to lose her. I remember years and years and years ago talking to Bertie about about her husband passing away, and and she was left without her without her husband that's got to be hard listen that's got to be tough and everywhere we look we find people that are either going through something like that because the one that they love has left and now they're left trying to deal with the issues of life And they need to know that we care. And the Bible commands us to care. Over and over again, the Bible tells us that we are, it says, do good unto all men, but especially those of the household of faith. We have a special obligation to those within the body of Christ, those within His church. We have a responsibility to one another. And no one person in the church can do it all. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do half of it. If I tried my best, I couldn't. Kenneth and I together, both of us couldn't do it. It's impossible for anyone or any few of us even to keep up with everything. But all of us together, 
can make a difference. If you're a member of this church, you're a part of the body, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You're a member in the body. And I'm telling you, every member of the body has a purpose to fulfill. You have a ministry. You say, oh, the Lord never called me into the ministry. Oh, you're wrong. He did. You are a minister. You might be a lousy minister, but you're a minister. God has appointed you and given you a work to do. And a part of that work is that you minister to those that He brings you in contact with. And the thing about it is, we better do it now because as Jesus said, the night cometh when no man can work. That door of opportunity someday is going to be slammed in our face. I can't tell you the number of times over the years after a funeral service, I've heard people say, if I had, uh, if I'd only said goodbye, Oh, I wish I had said I loved you before I left. I wish I hadn't been so harsh. I wish I'd have kissed her before I walked out the door. I wish I would have at least said thank you. And you see, we miss all of those opportunities and we wait until they're dead and gone. And we try to soothe our conscience by putting a bunch of flyers on the grave of a, of a dead person. I'm telling you, look, we've got, we've got to live with the deeds that we've done and the remembrance of those that we failed to do. We need to remember those that have gone before. We need to remember those that are left because they need us but thirdly and most important, we need to remember the Lord. Look in verse number 27. It says, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. The fear of the Lord, that, that having that reverence for God, that respect for God. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. This is foundational to absolutely everything because the manner in which you and I live is determined by the quality of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So many times, you know, we think about a person who has no love for other people, no regard for them at all. And we think about it just within the context of their, of the relationship between those two people, but it's much larger than that. When we fail to love others, it's because our love for God is lacking. When you think about those that do not love you, those that do not in any way show any regard for you, and it might be a member of your own household that treats you that way, you remember this, their main problem's not with you. Now, you're a part of the problem. You get hurt. Because you're involved in the problem, but the problem's not with you. The problem is between them and God. Now, it's important that you understand that because if you don't, what will happen is you'll reciprocate. They'll mistreat you, you'll mistreat them. And you miss the opportunity to be of help to them. Rather than pray for them, you'll criticize them. They don't care anything about me. No, they don't. But they got a bigger problem than that. 
they don't care that much about the Lord. You see, that's why I say this relates to everything, and I dare not leave this out of the message. When we're talking about the responsibility to remember, indeed, we ought to remember those that have left, those that are left, but if we don't remember the Lord, we're going to fail altogether. We need to remember what He did. You know, even whenever we consider the good deeds of others, we think about those men and women who left their family and friends, went to a foreign country, and there they went into battle and they died trying to preserve our freedom, trying to protect us. Thank God for that. But don't, listen, they deserve to be honored. But please understand that that happened as a result of God using them as an instrument. God is the author of all of our good gifts. We ought to be thankful not just for what they did, but for what God did. Because God used them. We certainly ought to thank God for the fact that He gave Jesus Christ to be our Lord and our Savior. Many years ago, Franklin Delano Roosevelt declared what he'd become famous for, the four freedoms, and he talked about often the four freedoms being the Freedom from fear, the freedom, uh, the freedom from want, the freedom from fear, the freedom of speech, and the freedom of worship. Now, you know, you read that and it all sounds, well, that's well and good. That's the kind of freedom that we want. But do you realize there's a freedom far more important than any of those things? The most important freedom we can have is the freedom from sin. The penalty, the penalty of sin the power of sin, and only Jesus Christ can provide that kind of freedom. We need to remember that. Remember what He did. Remember what He demands. Look at verse number 8 for a moment. It says, The wise in heart will receive commandments. Well, the commandments, of course, come from the Lord. The Lord is the one who stipulates the manner in which we ought to live. And the wise person listens to God. The wise person obeys God. You see, He makes certain demands on us, and He has every right to do so. We belong to Him. We need to remember what He demands, and then we need to remember what He will do. Remember what He will do. Number one, He'll keep every promise He ever made. He's, listen, he's never failed to keep a promise. And we have exceeding great and precious promises. I said in the office the other day, and I got to thinking about that verse. In fact, I thought, you know, as soon as I get through with this one series, I think I'm going to start another series on the precious promises because my Listen, we could spend every week for a year talking about those. Wow, what wonderful promises that we have. And we didn't earn any of them. They're promises that have been extended to us by a gracious God on the basis of what Jesus Christ did. And I want you to know He's going to keep every single promise He ever made. Remember His promises. Not only that, but He's going to hold us accountable. 
We have a responsibility to remember. We have a responsibility to obey, a responsibility to be thankful. And if we fail, we're going to stand accountable unto God for our attitude and our actions. Now look in verse 3, and I'm through. He'll help us with every need. We're talking about remembering what He will do. The Lord will not suffer, that is, He will not allow the soul of the righteous to famish. In other words, God will take care of His own. Look at verse 6. Blessings are upon the head of the just. What are we talking about? We're talking about the memory of the just. We're talking about our responsibility to remember those that have left, those that are left, and remember the Lord. And what He promised, and the fact that we are accountable to Him, and that He has promised to help us with every single need in our life. And let me tell you today, regardless of what you think your greatest need might be, some of you here, maybe you're wondering, well, I've got a need because I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Somebody else here today, and you've got heart trouble, you've got cancer, you've got some other problem, and you're thinking that's your greatest need. Your marriage is on the rocks. That's my greatest need, you might say. No, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's your greatest need. Because there's nothing in all of the world more important than that. And the most foolish thing you could do is to walk out of this building today not receiving what God offers freely. And that's the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. How thankful we ought to be that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He loved us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. He died for you. And God wants to bless your life. Will you trust Him this morning? If you're here and you know of a certainty that you've been saved, you know you're going to heaven when you die, you don't have any doubt about that. But there's some things that you need to do. It might be related to the manner in which you're living. It might have to do with, the, with where you attend church. It could have to do with a lot of different things. Don't waste another day. Don't procrastinate. Don't delay. Don't put it off. The night comes when no man can work. The door of opportunity is open right now, but it might be closed even tomorrow. We just don't know. Now is the time for us to respond to what God's saying to our heart. If you're burdened down with a load of care, it might be today that you just, you just want to saturate your heart with His promises, knowing that He'll provide your every need if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Whatever it is, you let God have His way while we stand together. Father, how we thank You for what You've done. For what You've done in and of Yourself in the giving of the Lord Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. We're thankful for what You've done by way of providence. How that even though so many times we do not recognize it, You've used other people. Some people that we've never met. People that we don't even know. And You've used them for our own personal welfare. 
Our life has been blessed as a result of what they were willing to do, and we're so thankful for that here this morning. Now I pray that each one of us might determine that we'll be a blessing to others, a special blessing to those who are left after their loved one has left. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.